Yo, what's good, y'all? Welcome this week's episode of Talks with Taboo. Welcome this week's episode of the podcast. Hope you're all having a great week, and I appreciate y'all being here, man. I really do. Because we have one of the most entertaining episodes of the podcast thus far. Man, I was getting my fucking mind blown with this guy on this podcast. But before I introduce this week's guest, I just got to say, we just announced my headline at Cervantes in Denver for September the 16th, and those tickets go on sale tomorrow. So if you're in the Denver area and you want to see your boy, come see your boy, um, tickets go on sale tomorrow, dude. So make sure to go grab your ticket, dude. It really helps me out. It makes me look good in front of the talent buyers and promoters whenever I sell a bunch of tickets the day they go on sale. So if you want to go to that show, don't wait till last minute, dude. Go get the tickets before they are gone. And also, I got to say, come Monday, I have the biggest announcement of my career thus far, you know, so far. And uh, I've been talking about it for a minute on the podcast, but announcing it Monday, yeah, I'm doing the, the fucking DJ thing where I'm announcing an announcement. Yeah, dude, I'm that fucking guy. And I make fun of those guys all the goddamn time. But I'm being that fella right now. But whenever that comes out, you know, make sure to go check it out, support it, like it, comment, share it, or do none of that. Who am I to tell you what to do? All I know is it really helps me out, and it really, uh, it would just mean a lot. So look out for that. But my guest this week is somebody who makes some of the best music, man. I've been a fan of this guy for a very long time. I remember going to see him before I was even really producing. I was just a musician and just always dancing and having the best time. The music's incredible. He works with some of the coolest fucking artists in the scene. I'm super jealous. I'm jealous, dude. This guy's dope, man. Makes really awesome music with a lot of really dope people. And I learned this motherfucker's a magician, dude. This is the first time we had magic on the show, bro. I ain't never I ain't never had magic on this show. But this guy was good at it. It was I just sat here and got my mind blown for like 20 damn minutes. Jeremy back there was fucking freaking out too. I watched the video in slow motion just to see how he did it. And I still didn't know. So, uh, I hope y'all enjoy this shit, man, because it's fucking awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, Manic Focus. But uh, welcome, dude. Oh, thank welcome. you. Welcome. Thank you for being here. I know you're drinking waters, but I'm going yeah, to cheers yeah, you, buddy. Cheers. Yeah, dude. Thank you for being here. I'm a big fan. Big fan. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I love all the stuff you do. Thanks. You're such a funky guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. I like, I like funk music. Uh, initially, when I was making Manic Focus, I was going for blues electronic. So all the records that I was sampling were blues records. Um. And then I would throw like hip hop beat and synth in there and kind of give it a swing. Uh, and then, yeah, it, it sounded like funk, but I was aiming for it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do blues electronic. And it didn't really translate. People are like, oh, he's that funk producer. And I'm like, all right, well. I was listening to uh, some of your music today before you came over. And I forget which song it was, but it had some real bluesy ass guitar, but it was still funky, man. I could, I could now I could hear what you were going for, but yeah, dude, do you are you born with the funk? You got to find the funk. Do you grow the funk? Like, is 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 like a long search? Where's the funk? Uh, I think a lot of people are born with it, but uh, you can 
you could find your way to it as well. Uh, I think, yeah, I think at my core, I'm a breakbeat kind of guy. I love hip hop. Um, I kind of grew up making hip hop beats and hip hop sam- samples a lot of funk records. Mm-hmm. And um, so I kind of followed that suit. That's just what my soul is kind of drawn to is, is that kind of swing and breakbeat kind of stuff versus like a four on the floor. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think anybody can, can, uh, adopt the funk. Yeah. You gotta, <laughs> I don't know, dude, I feel like you got to work for it. You kind of have to treat it right. Take it out every now and then until like, you know, it's committed to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause I try being funky every now and then bro. And it's just like, I got it on the drum kit. That's about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every time I grab a guitar, try to be funky. I just write metal. <laughs> just yeah. start chugging, dude. Dude, yeah. yeah so the break beats, the swing, dude. I've I've learned recently that I love drum and bass. Yeah. I guess I don't. I I was never like a massive fan. I guess, but I've been going to a lot of shows lately, and every time the DJ drops some drum and bass, I'm dancing like a hoe. <laughs> yeah, I I really love drum and bass as well, um, and. I've made it a couple of drum and bass songs. I noticed when I would play my sets, especially like five, six years ago, I would throw a drum and bass track in there and the crowd didn't quite know how to react. I feel like they kind of get lost. And drum and bass is one of those things where you really have to like flow to it. Like, you know, it's a double time beat and we're so used to dancing to the kick and the snare. Mm-hmm. And so drum and bass you really have to like kind of float and flow to it i really like the uh i don't know what liquid drum and bass the stuff yeah, i don't know the difference yeah. the differences of them you know what i mean like you got liquid drum and bass you got bisexual drum and bass what are the differences <laughs> of them you know yeah I, I, uh well the, the kind of drum and bass i like has a lot of uh pads like the kick and the the, the drums they're doing the drum and bass thing but the kick and the snare are a little bit uh more in the in the background and it's all about just kind of like long basses big chord progressions very kind of like spacey um stuff i do like kind of the really smack and drum and bass sometimes but uh i have like a, a playlist that i'll dj sometimes that's like uh just very like cool background drum and bass kind of like lounge drum and bass i like that dude have you seen the videos uh i've been seeing i've been seeing them all over it's like people will just do a drum and bass beat like with their mouth or something and they'll just move a chair (laughs) 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 it's so perfect but every time i'm watching i'm like yeah (laughs) if that was like produced i'd probably dance my ass off to that oh yeah you know absolutely yeah yeah. Dude, so being such a funky guy i mean you're a you're a musician other than just a producer yeah, actually, I, I started playing piano when I was about five or so, and then I took uh, classical piano lessons till I was about 14, um, and I would play concerto competitions and um, recitals and all that kind of stuff. And then I got into making beats when I was 13, and I think my piano instructor kind of picked up that I wasn't practicing the scales or classical stuff anymore and he dropped me and then i just started making beats damn bro you got fired <laughs> for somebody you were paying yeah but he was a he was a really strict teacher and um he and his wife both had phds in piano performance and instruction oh. so they were really serious about um stick only to piano like we couldn't learn any other instruments uh and it was very rigid and uh i mean i learned a lot from him especially uh, training my ear 
I yeah. think that's a really important part about music production is really uh, just learning an instrument and training your ear for um, harmonies and bass lines and just ideas mm-hmm. uh, and then bringing that to music production. But yeah, my teacher was only about piano performance. Uh, so when I got away from that, he dropped me and then I was just off to the races with making beats. Dang. You hear that, Jeremy? It's about training your dude. How many times have I told you that? That's all you've preached to me. If it sounds good, it's going to work out, you know. Um, that's been a big thing for me is like trying to train my ear and then, like you said, learning an instrument. I feel like um, just understanding understanding musicality and like using instrument with music theory, I feel like that will just help you write melodies better. Obviously, it's going to help you get chord progressions. It's also going to help you improvise on the spot and do unconventional techniques for writing different like styles of uh, styles of music. And so, um, definitely important. Yeah, dude. I uh, that's kind of weird that your teacher was just like, "Hey, don't learn any other instrument." I feel like that hinders creativity. Yeah, I think he was. Uh, he really wanted his students to focus entirely on piano. Uh, he was big into uh, getting his students to the top of the classical piano world. That was kind of what he was about. Uh, so any other instrument or anything else was a distraction. He wasn't teaching music composition or how to write music. It was strictly performance-based. Mm. So it would be like, hey, here's some Bergmuller, here's you know Liszt and all these classical composers, and then you just perform that yeah uh, was he more like a mr miyagi or like a cobra kai like i want to know was, was there was there like philosophy with it or like if you didn't get it you getting whipped uh we wouldn't really get whipped but he was very stern and um he was very encouraging too i think the reason he kept me for so long was because i was really good at playing by ear so i would ask him like hey can you play this that you want me to learn he'd play it and then I'd go home and I'd remember it and I could get around uh but my sight reading was terrible and I didn't practice my scales nearly enough to to really translate that he always said practice your scales but he never made the connection for me between scales and sight reading Mm. and that's one thing I really regret is not learning my scales and making that connection but he trained the hell out of my ear and so I was able to you know, learn these pieces just listening to him play them. And then, yeah. That's exactly what it was like with my drum mentor, dude. Like, we would have sheet music and stuff, and he's trying to teach me how to read sheet music, but then he'd play the beat that's on the sheet, and I'm like, okay. And I just wouldn't even, I wouldn't read it. I'd just be playing the beat, you know what I mean? So I also regret, I wish I would have paid attention a little bit more on the sheet stuff. Yeah. yeah. But, but I feel like learning by listening, it's, it's all a feeling, especially when you're composing and writing music. It's got to feel good. Yeah, you can you can learn theory and all this stuff all day, but if it's not coming from a, a pure place of like, hey, I want to sound like this, then you know, like, why why bother mm. doing it? You ever pick it back up, like the piano? You ever? Oh yeah, like over over uh, quarantine, I started um, learning some more piano pieces. I learned Claire de Lune finally, which I I had never really touched uh, before, and yeah, there's just really great. Um, just great online instructors that you don't necessarily have to sight read. They have the sheet music, but they also have videos and they're like, here's section one. And you see their, 
their hands on the keys and then they have like a MIDI roll kind of thing going down. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. Anytime I would try to learn a song on the piano, I'd, I'd get the one that's rolling down with the colors and you yeah. know, it'd help out for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I mean, damn. So you probably can shred a lot. You probably been a little humble. I felt like you can shred on that motherfucker, dude. Uh, I kind of, I think, yeah, okay. Like, uh, in my head, I, I know where my limits are and what I could improve. Uh, and I also know my patterns. I feel like a lot of musicians will get to different kind of checkpoints in their musical journey where it's like, all right, I can do this. And you do that really well, but then getting outside of that is another leap and mm-hmm. it, it gets tricky. Um, and it's easy to get discouraged where it's, you know, I'm in my comfort zone. I can play this and I can play, you know, this, but as far as branching out beyond that, uh, can be tricky. How so. much are you doing? Like, I know you have a pretty unique live setup. I think I've even seen you once. I think I saw you at, no, I mean, I've definitely seen you a couple of times, but I think I saw you with the drummer once at uh, um, Huluween, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Huluween, we've done a live band for pretty much every time I've played it. Uh, and the band I'll have, uh, and it's been different every time, but I'll have a, a drummer, um, a guitarist, uh, keyboards, which I have um, on, on drums. I've had Jake Barinholtz in the past. I've also had Colby Buckler. Um, and then I've on keys, I have Bormley, who's phenomenal. Shout out to Bormley. I love that dude. Um, and then uh, uh, I try to get Corey Marvel Years on guitar. Mm-hmm. I also have Andrew Block sometimes on guitar. Um, they're both amazing. Um, and one year we had the Lettuce Horns sit in for uh, a horn section, which was fun. That's what's up. How much planning does it go in to take a, a DJ set to doing it with a band, dude? Like, it sounds so much fun. Yeah. But, like, it sounds like a lot of planning with, like, Ableton shit. Like, am I wrong about that? Uh, Kind of. I think the tricky thing is I like to constantly produce music, and I'm producing all the way up until shows sometimes. And so I'll send them a set. I try to send the band the set because we're not all in the same place i'll email them like here's my hour set here's the list of songs key changes all that stuff and then if i ever switch a song out uh i have to like update the whole set again damn so y'all didn't like get together and practice or anything like nah, that no and we've I've, I, i'd <laughs> like to that's stressful as fuck yeah so I, but they're the, they're solid they're, they're solid. super they're solid. solid yeah like they're, they all and, and that's just kind of how we've done it. And I kind of like the loose feel of it because uh, it's it, it's a lot more fun and it's, like, exciting. You're like, oh, anything could happen. Plus, having a drummer in general, like, for transitioning is amazing. Because, mm-hmm. like, if I screw up a transition, they just crash out. And then I can basically transition into anything. That's one, the, probably the biggest thing I struggle with in this dance music world is transitions. Dang, after all this time, dude. <laughs> Yeah. Dang, man. Yeah, yeah, I'd imagine how much, like, it would be so much fun having a drummer on stage, or even me just playing drums with somebody would just be so much fucking uh, that, fun, dude. Yeah, that'd be a blast. Yeah. Right? That's crazy. He's like, no practice. Y'all ever fucked up? Yeah, but it's it's usually not too bad because uh, because everyone's solid, and, and it's only brief moments. I think the, the trickiest thing is, especially at festivals, is kind of the throw-and-go situation. There's an act right before you, and you might have 10 minutes to change over everything, you know, 10, 15, 
And so that means you have to wheel out drums. You have to get the drums checked. You have to get all the stuff checked. There was one time we played uh, as a band and uh, there was just feedback for like the whole set. And I couldn't, we couldn't find where it was coming from. And my horn player was getting really frustrated. And it's like, well, you know, I'm on stage. We got to just power through it. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. How are you routing that? Are you just sending everybody to like in ears to a click or are they just like. The drummer gets a click uh, and then everybody else has monitors. Mm-hmm. They have their own monitors. Mm-hmm. I'd love to ideally have in ears and have like a microphone that I can talk to them. Yeah, I know Papa Dozio does that. Every time I've seen them, I, I have a mic. They'll just talk to the other. Uh, like I think they're talking to the drummer. If I had to guess, but yeah. or you know maybe just the Lord. Maybe they're just praying <laughs> in that time. Yeah. That's possible. You know, it's just like please God help me right now. Yeah. You know, that's always. A- I think the thing I'd worry about though having the mic is making sure I grab the right one. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't want to grab the crowd mic and be like hey you know add a fill here oh my god john you're so sexy and they just whoa <laughs> <laughs> like what a sick pre-drop they got in this song you know yeah. that could be fun man so like whenever you're you're breaking it down without a band like what's your life set up like now like do you try to incorporate any type of p- playing in yourself or because I, I think i've seen you twice if i'm not mistaken i saw you at huluin and if i'm not mistaken i've seen you at buku before too I haven't done Buku. I, I'm so goddamn stupid. I played. A, there's another <laughs> festival in. There's another festival in New Orleans that I played. Voodoo. Yes. Okay, that's Voodoo. where that's where I saw you. Yeah. Uh, usually, I just perform with Ableton, uh, APC40, MK2, and then my Newmark Orbit, which is just a wireless MIDI controller I wear on my wrist, and it's for one shot effects. Actually, I brought it. Oh shit! I know he brought a couple different things, dude. I'm excited to see what's in that bag. Yeah, so this is what I use. It's a Newmark Orbit. Uh, they don't make them anymore, but uh, it's a really, basically a MIDI controller, four pad banks, and, and you just did like a bunch of one shots on here. Yeah, so I have beat repeats on one side, flanges and phases on the other, and then I have different um, menus. Uh, this is like an older one. Yeah, the battery's dead. Please on tell me you got a trap horn. Just beep, 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 I, sh- I definitely got to put that on I there. Mean, <laughs> damn, son. Where'd yeah. you find this? I would just be fucking hitting the <laughs> shit out of that horn, dude. Yeah, I totally could, actually. I might, I'll have to do that. That's cool. No, I definitely remember you having, 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 uh, you know, that wrist, that iced out MIDI controller. Yeah. Yeah, dude, you should ice it out. If it's on your wrist, like, put some fucking fake diamonds or real. I don't know how you roll. You know what I mean? Just fucking ice that bitch out, you know? Yeah. Just walk up in the club. You ain't even playing. That's just your <laughs> swagger. I wanted to actually put put it on, like, a Mega Man-looking kind of wrist thing. Oh. And then have, have that all light up and, you know, have shoot a laser out of my hand oh, or a shit. spotlight. Yeah, hit someone in the eye, yeah. get sued, it'd be awesome. Like, you, you <laughs> over here, how are you doing? Dude, yeah, like strobes or something on there. That'd be yeah. gangster. Or like the, you never, did you ever watch Yu-Gi-Oh? I haven't, but uh, people have told me. Gotcha, that like something like that, yeah. dude, where it's just like, you just have your APC 40 <laughs> on your arm. Yeah. That'd be tiring as shit. You're just <laughs> dancing like a damn chicken. You know what I mean? It's fucking like yeah. this. That's crazy, man. Yeah. I, have you tried to do like any more like wireless stuff too because i mean you were or don't give me like correct me if i'm wrong there's not many people doing that type of shit yeah the uh i've had a wireless keytar before 
uh, I, I'll play keys occasionally. Bringing that around is is really tricky sometimes, and I've had it fail on me. So I try to be compact and do DJ sets when I can. But I'll have a, a keytar, and uh, I, had, I had a wireless uh, audio interface, so I could get out in front and play it, and that was all wireless. You ever struggle with latency on this like wireless shit? Not too bad uh, with the keytar. I did have briefly a MIDI keytar. And that was definitely latent. There were, I was running it through virtual synths, and there was definitely a, a latency there. And then I, I dished that, and I got a keytar that's just audio. Mm. So then I'm just running an audio signal to front of house. Gotcha. You ever thought about playing the skin <laughs> flute on stage? <laughs> <laughs> like a balloon? No, like your cock. Uh, <laughs> No, I, <laughs> sorry, dude. I'm so sorry. Um, I I don't I I should honestly stop doing. I should just leave. <laughs> Way to kill the vibe, dude. Yeah, dude. Fuck you, Jeremy. <laughs> now, how long you been doing this? Because, dude, you've. I mean, I've been a fan for you before I was like even into electronic music. You know what I mean? Like, I I've Thank known you. about you for a very long time. Yeah, I think we started Manic Focus in 20. 11 about about 2011 uh i moved to chicago from minnesota uh moved in with my brother minnesota yeah and we we started the llc got everything sorted as a as a business and then just started releasing music and yeah we it's interesting because when we started it was before instagram was really a thing tiktok didn't exist uh and facebook was a totally different landscape and so getting our music out you know soundcloud was still really big yeah and that helped a lot but also music blogs this song is sick helped us tremendously and there was also uh it was like a chat room turntable fm FM. yeah which was like have you heard of turntable fm i think so yeah it's where you have like a little avatar and then there are different kind of chat rooms okay i'm thinking of like a like a um, something like a chat room where I talk to strange men, but never mind. It's kind of same, <laughs> yeah. but with avatars and they're DJs. So. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this this was cool though because you go in the room and there's like a crowd of people, and then there's a stage, and there's five different spots that you can jump on, and everybody that's on the stage gets to play a song, and then uh, and then it moves to the next person. But what was cool is the crowd. If you like it, your character would start bobbing his head. Oh, that's and cool. So, and you could also at the time you could up you could upload songs that weren't released. So, Joe and I would upload songs and just try them out in these little in turntable FM chat rooms, and we got a following there. And then this song is sick was in one of the rooms. They heard our stuff, and then they started pushing. Our music. Damn, I didn't realize how long the song of six been around. Oh yeah, yeah. That's but that's what's wild. So like that concept though isn't lost. So like it's just evolved. I know during quarantine, I know Lucid and Liquid Stranger did like a virtual reality uh, party where like everybody like could walk around, hang out, have virtual drinks, and like they're literally on in behind the decks just DJing and shit. Yeah, that's wild. I still have to try that out. I haven't done any of like the VR rave stuff, but I. I'm definitely excited for that. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, my brother had gotten a VR headset just to watch porn. 
So, like, he didn't even really, like, use all of its capabilities, like, but whatever. But, like, yeah, dude, fucking, yeah, I played Star Wars VR. I was Darth Yo, Vader, or Darth Vader was right in front of me teaching me the shit. That, cool. that game is crazy. Yeah. Like, that's probably the most visually striking VR game that I've played. Dude, I was freaking out. Yeah. I was literally, I was playing a show in Chicago. This guy brought it, and I was literally just freaking the shit. Like, I was like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. So cool, man. Yeah. I mean, do you get worried about shit like that? Like, all right, so, like, say they do a virtual festival and, like, the experience is so insane, right? Like, yeah. it's just absolutely insane that people will stop going to clubs or festivals. Like, I worry about that shit. Uh, I still think people will always have a desire to congregate in person and listen to music on loudspeakers. I think it's kind of a, a parallel. I don't think it necessarily conflicts. But I do think also quarantine made a lot of people introverted and less likely to go as they found all these new activities and stuff so i think it could potentially help with you know people going in these virtual raves and then oh like this is cool but i i'd like to actually hear on speakers and you know have a drink and whatever dude it did the opposite to me bro fucking after that i was like i'm going out more than ever i'm partying my ass off having a good time enjoying life because i'm like hey they could they could they could bring us back inside yeah yeah well, how old are you? 26. 26. How old are you? I'm 35. 35? You look yeah. great. Oh, thank you. You look great. I'm, I'm, I kind of age like a, uh, you know, you could say, you could, uh, like, if I told you I was a 32-year-old lesbian, you probably believe it. But if I told <laughs> you I was a 17-year-old baseball player, you might believe it too, dude. But, you know, you look like 25. Oh, I appreciate that. You no, know, I'm lying. I'm lying. You look about 29. Yeah. You look great, dude. Thank you. What do you do? What's your secret, brother? Uh... <laughs> I don't really make a lot of music. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Are you still like, are you still, cause you've been in this for so fucking long. Are you still just as hungry? Yeah. And I think when it comes to actually producing, I think that's something I'll do for my whole life. Mm -hmm. I really love making music. I love experimenting with different genres, playing with new software and collaborating with friends. And it's something I've always loved to do. And I think I'll do that my whole life. Uh, I think the road gets really tricky. I do enjoy playing shows. I think the landscape of touring, it can be really tough on you, especially if you've gone for a really long time. But it's still incredibly rewarding. I love meeting my fans and playing for them. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think I'm still, I'm still driven and definitely hungry to produce as much music as possible and put out as much music and a, a variety of music to really – like, I love the funk electronic, but lately I've been experimenting with a little bit of house stuff, a little bit of, like, deeper bass music, uh, lo-fi, all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's really what I'm mainly in love with music-wise is the actual production process, sitting and getting these thoughts out and playing with software. Yeah, I had somebody ask me once if I had to give up, like, playing or producing, which one would I gave, give up? And I was like, I'd give up playing. Yeah, you know, like I love that I can come in here every day and work on tunes. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I don't know if I want to play a show every single day. You know, I don't know if there's anything out in the world that I'd want to do every single day. But music is always like, yeah, I'm down to like, even if it's just something as simple as like just playing guitar or like playing some drums. It's just I, something I do every day. Yeah, and I, me, I'm the same way too. And I feel like music, especially producing it for me, is very healing if I'm in a dark place or even happy place, like just being able to get those feelings out into some sort of concrete, tangible 
sonic space is really uh helpful for me and uh yeah i think i I just really i love producing music yeah i like having something i'm stoked on you know what i mean like when you write something new and you just want to show everybody who comes over or like you know you're not playing a show so fuck it i'm gonna do a live stream and just show somebody you know what i mean like it that's like the best feeling when you write something you're just like hella stoked on it or like it's even a good feeling when you write something you're not stoked on it and you play it live and it pops you're like fuck yeah, I guess a, I guess it's, I guess it's a banger. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the most eye-opening things for me is when uh, sometimes I'll I'll spend months on a song, I'll dial it in, get the mix exactly how I want it, spend all countless hours on it, and it doesn't get the crowd reaction I was going for. And then I'll spend an hour in a hotel room right before a set, just throwing stuff at the wall. It's like, oh, here's something simple, and the crowd goes nuts, and I'm like, man. I, do I have this backwards? Like why <laughs> I may, I got to simplify my stuff. And, and so I think that's, that's a really cool part about playing live is connecting with people and seeing like, you know, am I on a wavelength that I'm just by myself out in space or is this connecting with other people? Like yeah. do other people kind of, am I communicating this idea yeah. properly? Oh, it definitely sucks whenever you have something you're hella stoked on. And then you're just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'd be like that though sometimes. Dude. Yeah. Or or there's a lot of songs too. I have countless starts to songs and you know, one day I'll sit down for several hours, start something and then I'll go back like a week later and I'm like, "Man, I don't I don't really like that mm. anymore." Yeah. But somebody else might like it. So uh that's me else? every week. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, my music fucking sucks." <laughs> Next week I'm like, "I'm the shit." Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. One wild thing I think is is the happy accidents. Yeah, hunting for those. I saw Skrillex producing in a studio once, and it was like one of the craziest experiences ever because he works really fast. And one of the coolest tips I took from that was watching how he'll flip tempos. So he'll be working in like seventy five BPM, and then randomly just go up one hundred twenty, and. I noticed like automated or just like fucking take the whole project. He'll he'll have this little like, you know, eight bar loop and he'll be working. And then he's like, Oh, let's try this faster. Bam. And just cranks the whole tempo. He's like, is there anything there? How about slower? Bam. And like, usually when I'm making beats, I'll sit on a loop for hours. Yeah. You know, making hip hop beats back in high school where I would make a beat and my friends would write to it. Like that's just kind of how I operate. But watching him fly through tempos, I noticed like that's where you can really get those happy accidents more frequently because mm. you'll write something at this slow tempo, you speed it up and it synth does some weird glitch and you're like, oh wait, what was that? How'd y'all end up in the studio together? I was on tour with Big Gigantic and we I was on a tour with them for a month and halfway through they opened for Skrillex for like four shows and I wasn't on the shows but on the bus I was on the bus yeah and so. Yeah, we got to hang out with them, and, and one of the nights, I think we were in Pittsburgh, and we went to his studio, and Dom and I are just, like, watching him work, and it was just like, yo, this this dude's a whole nother level. He In, like, three minutes, he would have, like, a whole beat, and then something would happen, he'd delete the whole thing, and then have another beat, and it was like, it's like watching somebody play jazz. But in Ableton, it that's, was insane. Just go so quick. Yeah. Damn, man. That's got to be crazy. Like, I'd be like, 
I'd say I'd be nervous, but I don't know how I'd be in a studio with Skrillex, dude. Well, and I wasn't collaborating. I was. We were just kind of there, just watching. Just like, hey, can we watch you work? Yeah, you know, he's yeah. he's super super kind. Yeah, chill, like, hey, dude. can I watch you sleep? That's what probably <laughs> you, know, that's, you know. Whatever you want to share, I'm <laughs> down to open. You know, I'm down to fucking watch. You know, that's cool though. Would you say that's like the was that the craziest producer you've been in the studio with? You think? Um, uh, I think Grizz is probably the craziest uh, as far as. I actually worked on a song with him, so collaborating with him, learning from him. Uh, he's one of those guys who, like, I think a lot of producers, there's there's the sound that you want to make and what you can make. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that if there's a synthesizer sound in your head or some particular sound, I feel like we're always reaching for that. And Grant's one of the guys who can just like nail that. Mm. Like he he sits down, opens a, a initialized synth, and next thing you know, it's like bam, he he nailed that sound that he wanted out of just a saw wave or whatever. Uh, and I think he's got a really cool like vision for how things sound. His drums are amazing. Yeah. Uh, so we I have a strong with him. But nice. I didn't get to sit down with him. It was just we were sending it back and forth. But we had it done in like a day. Yeah, he he's a beast. Yeah, at Ableton. Because I had asked him to be on the podcast like a year ago, and he was like, "Yeah, I'll come on the show only if we do a track together." I'm like, "I guess." Yeah, it sound, I bet it sounds sick too. It's right? awesome. But yeah, <laughs> and when I was just like, whenever he told me that, I'm like, "Okay," and I fucking I'm literally sat down at that moment. I'm like, "I got to send him something. Send him something." He's like, "Yep, this is it." And then he he sent it to me. I sent it to him. The next day, he sent it back to me. The next day, I sent it back to him. It was done. Yeah. That quick. Yeah. I was just, I was like, I'm not sitting on this. I'm like, let's let's roll, troll. You know what I'm speaking? Yeah. He can really, like, if there's an idea and a spark, like, he runs with it. And he keeps fanning those flames until it's done. Hell yeah. I think a lot of people, myself included, struggle with kind of keeping that inspiration and that energy up to actually see an idea through. And he's really brilliant at being able to finish those ideas oh dude he's definitely a fucking he's like definitely an angel like i mean he's my favorite artist straight up he has been forever yeah you know i followed him for a while like i like i followed his tour oh wow way back like probably like in 2014 or something like that would you remember what tour it was nope (laughs) i just remember i saw him four times in a month (laughs) (laughs) Nice. it's the same set every time but i didn't give a fuck dude i didn't care i was all about it nice yeah it was fun but do, uh, do you ever, like, sit down, like, are you sitting down with musicians and stuff when you're producing? Because your stuff is very, like, at least, like, the stuff I've been listening to lately or just stuff I know from you in the past is just very musical and instrumental driven. Yeah, so my last record, uh, Lost in a Digital World, I recorded a lot of that in New Orleans. Uh, hey, bro, yeah. look at this. Yeah. Shout out Nola, bro, who that? Yeah, yeah. Sorry so, to interrupt you. I oh, just got yeah. exci- I got excited, dude. Oh, I love New Orleans and and down there, man. People can play. So uh, I worked at this studio, Neutral Sound Studio. Uh, Andrew Block helped me a lot with the the album. We got some really cool players and singers on that, and just the energy of New Orleans and working in a studio that you're able to work with all this analog gear, pianos, like drums, all that was really awesome. So, cause then I, I can write the music. I don't have to sample it or whatever. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite musicians though to work with is, uh, Borm Lee. 
uh, from Break Science, and he plays mm. in the Pretty Lights band. Uh, he and I, we lived together in Chicago for like a year, and then he moved out here, and uh, we've been working together quite a bit. And I think he and I are like on the most similar wavelength when it comes to producing. I love Break Science, so, by the way. Yeah. I should throw that oh, out there. Yeah, yeah. Borum and Adam are phenomenal yeah. musicians. But, yeah, working with Borum and Adam, it's just a really cool experience because we can push each other, but also we have, like, similar tastes in music. So I think that's a really important thing when you're collaborating is being on that wavelength, and that's what makes it really enjoyable. Yeah, that's what's up. I got a pretty good uh, – so, like, New Orleans, so many musicians and artists run through that bitch. And I have a story, actually, that I'd never told, but – uh. I had a buddy who was working at a studio downtown New Orleans and this girl walked in and she was like, Hey, I'm here to uh, be in studio, whichever number was a pretty lights was down there doing an album or something like that. And so he takes this girl into the studio. He's asking her, Hey, what's your name? By the, by the time he drops her off, it's fucking Cardi B and, and, and Travis Scott was there too. Just at the studio. in New yeah, Orleans? yeah. Just oh, hanging wow. out. <laughs> Travis Scott. Cardi B and fucking uh, Pretty Lights. They were all in the same session? I or? believe so. That is the no story way. I was told. That was oh, the story wow. I was told. It might be fake news, <laughs> but if they weren't in the same studio, they were in the same building, which you know had what, multiple studios. You know studi- what that building was? No, no, no. no. I that, don't I've know. been in that building before, at least for Derek's studio. Is. Gotcha. And well, they, then, do, they do have a bunch of different studios well, in there. That, that <laughs> more than likely is it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I hope that story is true. That would be that'd be pretty wild. Yeah, <laughs> Cardi B on a pretty light song talking about her pussy. <laughs> uh, I would I would pay for that <laughs> shit all day, dude. That'd be great, man. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be a hit. I don't know. I don't know if that makes you uncomfortable saying that. Although, I apologize. I know the truth about WAP. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. When we grew up, we had fucking you know Boosie saying do what you do but watch my shoe these kids growing up are like yeah you fucking with some wet ass pussy <laughs> you know what i mean it's it's getting out of hand man oh man i heard my little my little uh, niece singing that one day and i was like no <laughs> man. sorry to make you uncomfortable you know, <laughs> no, I, I, all, good. Yeah, all right we'll see we'll see how we <laughs> dude so you beat in this for so long this is a great segue you know i just bust them out but uh you be doing this for so long what would you say would be like the main thing that has kept you relevant the main thing that's kind of kept you having a career since i mean you said 2011 that was what that's 13 or 14 years ago i can't that's uh 11 years yeah just about 11 years yeah. yeah um i think just really producing as much music as possible i think that's really the key to staying in the game is just keep making music as much as you can and try to release regularly. But I think also I've had a lot of fans that have been with me the whole ride and they're amazing, wonderful people who bring other people in. And I think if you have albums and and you have a body of work that a new listener can dig into, I think that helps a lot. So like, you're first starting i know it's like a singles driven market right now but having whole bodies of work that's that a random person can turn to and be like oh like i like this song but he's got like 40 other songs like let me check these out that's how you really tap into like a diehard fan base and people who will come to your shows and your festival sets 
by having like a big body of of content. That makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, just whenever you I mean you're talking about when you started out, it was just like SoundCloud and then um like Strange Man FM. What was the name of it? Uh, Turntable. FM. Turntable. I was close. <laughs> I was close. But uh, you know, like now, <laughs> now it's like very. It's like social media, like brand driven. A lot yeah. of times it's not even about the music anymore. Have you had to like kind of adapt to that, to that um, new wave? And what's that like been for you? So that's been a tricky part. Uh, I think the, the branding and image and, and all that stuff is, it is a totally different game. Like I love producing music, putting music out. That's my strength and trying to come up with, you know, like a whole different approach, like the the marketing side. We're still working on that. I've been doing these things called like a DJ does something. Have you seen it on Instagram? Basically, I'll take my camera out and I'll say like, I'll just take a bunch of like one or two second video clips and then I'll put them together in a 30 second video and I'll just narrate over it. And uh, give me give me one that you've done. Oh, uh, oh! The most recent one I did was like uh, a DJ at a grill out. So like, where do I plug in, bro? <laughs> Wait, what? Where do I plug in, bro? At, like at a barbecue? Everyone's no, just cooking. No, it's like, where no, do I plug no, in? No, it's not. It, it's not anything with like actually DJing at these things. Oh, it's like, uh, it's like I'm just a DJ and I'm grocery shopping. So then I'll, it's like a DJ at a grocery store. So then it's just me going through the grocery store, like, oh yeah, like look at all this food. <laughs> it's just like super random it kind of uh, inspired by the rick and morty uh interdimensional cable with that kind of random improv feel got you and it's it's helped a lot i'd love to make one here with like hey i'm a dj at a podcast yeah that's what djs do <laughs> they podcast <laughs> <laughs> this is my first podcast man it's, it's let's go cool. yeah let's go Hopefully this is the best one you ever do. Oh, it's the best one I've done. Oh, I, th- that's 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 a given. But I hope I hope they're all terrible. Oh, and I won't say I hope they're terrible. I just hope they're not as good. Uh, I, it's gonna be difficult. I don't <laughs> I don't think they will be. This is this is a blast. I like your attitude. Thank you. I like I like how I like your attitude yeah, dude. As well. I like your face, man. Your face is very pleasant as yeah, well. You got a nice one. I like how curly your hair is. Yeah, I, I love your curls too. Yeah, do I like the chain? I ain't wearing a chain, but you know. Uh, I like your jacket. Thanks, dude. <laughs> Thanks, brother. I like I like how gangster your shirt is. Your shirt even has a chain. Yeah, it was, I got a little chain. Two chains, but I got me a few on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude, with you like sampling so much hip hop back in the day, and like you, I mean, even even though like you're kind of like in this funk kind of almost, I don't want to say glitch hoppy, but like like just this funk style of bass music. Dude, are you trying to work with some of these like rappers, or have you ever had like hip hop guys that like you shocked, like they hit you up? Like, is there anybody that you're trying to get out there? Oh man, that that's actually it's always kind of been my dream prior to even this whole dance music thing was producing for other artists. Like, pr- like as in high school, I was a big Dr. Dre, Scott Storch fan. Those were the producers that inspired me to make beats, and I always wanted to work with like Rihanna or. Jay Z, you know, be the guy in the studio that's like making these beats. Dude, Jay Z like, on a manic focus track, yeah, and that'd be incredible. Be nuts. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of the realm that I was aiming for when I started making beats. Was, you know, it's kind. Of, I guess like what, uh, 
Benny Blanco does today or Murder Beats. Dude, you know? it'd be like, I got 99 problems, but a Wook ain't one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Jay-Z was on that bitch, dude. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you. I just had that in my head. No, I had to no. get it, man. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, I, you know, I still aspire to do that and work with some bigger vocalists. And yeah, one day. I, I mean, know. I feel like at this point you have such a nice like reputation just over the music. I mean, everybody, anybody who talks about Manic Folk is like music's fucking solid, always has been. So mm-hmm. like, like, I, dude, you might have enough clout to try it, bro. Have you tried? Like, have you reached out or has anyone reached out to you and you're like, oh, what the fuck? Uh, not, not yet, man. Not yet. Hopefully they'll they'll see the stream. Rihanna, you know, I want to do a track. Actually, Rihanna is, she's like one of the biggest fans of this podcast. She listens every episode, every week she tunes in. Uh, Sometimes she calls in on the hotline. You know, Rihanna, that's that's my bitch. So, you know, so (laughs) she'll call in and say what's good. You know, like, so thank you for tuning in every week, Rihanna. I appreciate you. And, uh, you know, dude, you know, dude, a chance the rapper in you would be fucking legendary. That would be, that would be, uh, that'd be wild. That'd be great, dude. Like, so, like, do you wanting to just produce, like, for hip-hop people? Like, has that not been a realm that you've... I, mean, I feel like, you know, there's so many hip-hop artists aspiring. I feel like you could do that if you if you really wanted to. Yeah, and I, I have worked with uh, this rapper, Psalm One, and Prob Cause as well. Like I love Prob Cause, yeah. Those two, uh, those two MCs have been phenomenal to work with. Uh, I've worked with another guy, uh, Quentin Moore. He goes by Fresh Quo from Minnesota. He's it's a, a cool name. Yeah, he's super dope vocal lyricist. And um, but yeah, I'd love to work with bigger art. You know, like JID, I think would be a really awesome oh, collab yeah. with. He's insane. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, JID, Chance, like pretty much anybody, Vic Mensa, like the, a lot of these these bigger hip hop names. I always wanted to work with Atmosphere or Brother Ali. Yeah. I'm from the Twin Cities, so any of the rhyme sayers artists would be pretty cool but yeah just um yeah would you would you say it was easier to start working with other artists like um whenever you moved out here to denver or was it just more accessible oh uh, yeah yes and no I, I think uh i moved out in 2019 and then locked down and then i got super introverted so like mm. collaborating has been tricky but I, now I'm i'm collaborating with some other artists, uh, MZG, Pfeiffer, some smaller artists that are, I really believe in, I think are going to blow up, um, uh, Motif. And, uh, and I've been working a lot with Borum too. He work, he lives out here. So, uh, but yeah, I think the, the scene here is so awesome. It's like crazy. Everybody's dude. out here and there's like so much inspiration and energy is amazing. Dude, I've loved it. Just, I've been out here for two months. It's been fucking, I've got literally, I, I go out probably like three, four times a week, just fucking meeting people, saying, hey, you know, it's just so, and I've gone to like just every type of party you can think of. And it's just been so much, I, I've never gone out and been like, well, that wasn't fun. Every time I've gone out, I'm like, what a good night. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's always been fun. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy it. Nice. I enjoy you. Yeah. I enjoy you, dude. Well, we've <laughs> talked, we talked a lot about the music stuff, dude, but uh, you mentioned to it before this podcast, you know, you big into magic, dude. Yeah. A sleight of hand magic, I love. I love magic. Wait, sleight of hand magic is that different from just like you no, know Alakazam or like? Yeah, it's like uh, yeah, close up card magic stuff that doesn't necessarily require gimmicks. I used to work in this magic shop at the Mall of America, and it was a really awesome spot to get a lot of practice in. Because magic's one of those things when you get into doing magic tricks, if you buy a magic trick, you learn it. 
and then like who do you show you show like your family your friends but you don't really have a lot of opportunity if you screw up one of those times it's like well how many other people can i show but at the magic shop i would get people just cycling through so i could learn new stuff and it's like just an endless stream of being able to practice and then uh i did a couple like private parties and actually before manic focus i was gonna be a magician i even got the business cards dude what's your magician name i gotta know j mac magic oh dude (laughs) it wasn't anything manic focus on this now it's gone (laughs) you know what i'm saying (laughs) magic focus That'd be good, man. I lo- Oh, shit, yeah. he's busting yeah. out the cards. Let me ask you this before you do this. Yeah. So you ain't doing no voodoo Because I, I came from New Orleans. No, that's all yeah, the voodoo No, no, no. This is like just, you know, uh, card tricks and stuff, like Penn and Teller kind of stuff. I love Penn and Teller, Darren Brown, and David Blaine, that yeah. kind of stuff. That's you know, God also had powers, but, you know, <laughs> someone would call it magic. But, dude, fucking uh, – Dude, I had the, a girl that was mad at me. She said she was going to put a hex on me. And it was down in New Orleans. I believed her. I said, hey, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds I didn't mean what I said. I didn't know what I said, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. All right, what she yeah. showed me here. All right, so I got a deck. You can pick any card you want. I'm going to pick the one you don't think I'm going to pick. Does it have to be just right here? No, you can. You can Anyone? Go. Yeah. All right, you got it. Now you can show it to the camera. Got that, Jeremy? All right, I'll take it back. Slowly. Slowly? Slowly take it back. Faster? Harder? Okay, there we go. (laughs) So, uh, we're going to put it in the deck. All right. All right. You got it? Okay. All right. So, push it all the way in. Right? Always. There's nothing in my right hand. Right? There's nothing in my left. Okay. Okay. Here, hold your hand out. Like that? Uh, f- uh, other way. Now just pull the card. Oh. <laughs> Wait, the fuck? Whoa. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> dude, you just... <laughs> I didn't... That was so quick. <laughs> Do another one, dude. That, that, that fucked me up. <laughs> hey, this is the first magic we've had on here. Um... Um, here's one that we could do for people listening. Okay. So, uh, take any nine cards out of the deck. Nine cards. Nine cards. All right. Yeah. All right. Nine cards. If you're, if you're just listening. Wait, let me make sure I counted right. This is called the nine card trick. So you take nine cards, any, any nine cards, you can mix them up. Okay, you got nine cards. So you have nine cards. All right, do I show them the camera? Oh, no, it's just for people listening. For people. So, all right, now once you have them, you're going to hold the cards like a poker hand, like you're doing. All right. And now the third card from the left, that will be your card. Okay. Keep it there. All right. You got it. Jeremy, see that? Got it. Cool. Put put that card back where it was. Where it was? Okay. All right. Now you're going to square the cards up. Hold them like in dealer position, so face down in in uh, in your hand like this. Got you, got you. Like now that. We're, yes. Now we're gonna find the card in a very unique way. Okay. So we're gonna spell the card. So the say for example the card was a six, you would spell S I X and you deal them face down. Is that how you spell this. six? Yeah. Okay. Good. Let's just make so, sure. So whatever you're, you don't have to tell me what the card is, but okay. whatever the card, the first part of the card is, spell that, deal that onto the table. So spell the. F- 
So like if you had Queen of Hearts, you would spell Queen. Okay. What if I had like six of you would spell S I X. Okay, so, so just the first part. E. No, no, deal, deal the cards oh. down. E. So, oh, you don't have to say it. Just deal oh. deal them down. No, on top of each other. Okay, okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. All right, now put all the rest of the cards on top. Square them up. And now we're going to spell of. So deal two down. O, F. Yeah, on top. Okay. Oh, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then put those on top. All right. And now you're going to deal the suit. So if it was hearts, you deal H-E-A-R-T-S. What are all the suits? Hearts, clubs, spades, diamonds. You forgot, didn't you? What's a spade look like? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So I'm that, just making sure I don't have the wrong or right one. This is a spade. Got like, you. This cool. is a club. Got you. Okay. Yeah. And then what? So tell me what I'm doing again. You're gonna deal it down. So if it's spades, you would go S P A D E. Got you. Got you. Got you. Yeah. And then put everything on top. All right. All right. And now, if you spread the cards out. Here, I'm yeah. going to let you do it. You're so professional. If you, you spread the cards out, right? Okay. Your card, if done correctly, will... I'm be, also dyslexic, so if I spelled something wrong, <laughs> it, it's, it, it's it, not my it fault. Be, Blame God. It'll be the middle card. Fuck, dude! <laughs> <laughs> he got it! Hold on, I'm showing, I'm showing my camera. He got it! Yeah. Dude! It's called the nine card trick. It's a really awesome, beautiful math trick. It works every time. So, like, are you counting the whole time, or are you just doing like you know, that's like equations, a, or or is it, or is it just happen? It's just you know that trick is is self working. So okay, like, it, it works with like any um, any nine cards, and yeah, you just you have nine cards, and then whatever card when you're holding them like a poker hand, third card from the left, so eight of spades in this case, and then. If you spell them like G H T O F S P A D E S, bam. And now it's always going to be the fifth card. That's dope, dude. Yeah. You got any more? I'm I'm oh, I'm yeah, loving I got, this. I can I can jam. Let's let's, all let's day. jam, dude. I'm having <laughs> fun with this. I hope uh, hope everyone watching, if you're listening, go fuck yourself. You should watch <laughs> it on YouTube. Yeah, you can um, mix them up. Okay, 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 okay. So like, how often are you are you sitting here practicing magic? I know you're big on the music production, but like, are is this something that you just do in your free time? Is this something you did to pick up the ladies? Like, does it work with the ladies? Like, what? Uh, well, I, I know you have a girlfriend, <laughs> but like, you know, back in the Dizzy, you know what I mean. But like, uh, I'm curious how much you spend on magic. I kind of bounce back and forth between magic and music. I spend more time on music, but even when I'm working on music, I, I like to have a deck of cards in my hand or something just to play with and. Um, you know, if I'm, if I'm stuck on music, then I'll I'll go to Magic. Or if I'm watching TV, uh, it's just, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I've been doing it for a long time, and uh, I just really enjoy it uh, as far as just another hobby I think is important. Yeah, when did you, st you start it? Uh, Started doing I'd it. I'd say, like, what was it, eight? Yeah, yeah about eight. Um, 2008 eight, or eight years no, ago? No, when I was eight years old. So like oh shit! Back in the nineties. Damn, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, How did it work with the ladies when you were younger? Not as well as you think. Okay. <laughs> you never know, dude. You never find a girl that's into um, magic. 
Yeah, so it's mixed up, right? Yep. All right, and you shop, you checked them out. It's not like a trick deck or anything. No, it's a normal deck. All right, pick any card you like. Okay. Let's grab one. Any card. Yep. All right, show them the Ten of Hearts. All right, look away. I'm showing my camera. You show them the Ten of Hearts. How'd, how'd, <laughs> how'd you know that? Oh, I, I was just like a yes. So <laughs> I'll take it back. That's bullshit. I, you already know, dude. <laughs> well, it's a normal deck, right? You checked it out. It's There's nothing funny. Do you just know where every card is in the no, deck? That would be wild. That was, could, uh, <laughs> you didn't even see me do it, but you had uh, you knew where the card was. Oh, yeah, pick, pick a different one. They're all okay, different. okay. We'll pick any, a different one. one. And want. I'm going to show your camera so you, there's the chance yeah. that you don't see. Wait, hold on. Sorry. All right. Pick anyone you want. Jeremy, you on his camera? Yeah, I'm on his camera. All right. You got it? Got it. Cool. Cool. Um, let's see. A lot of times, too, here, say stop whenever you want. I'll never say stop. <laughs> stop. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can stop. All right. Yeah. You put it there. <laughs> cool. So it's in the deck. <coughs> and give it a cut. So. Yeah. All right. You want to cut it again? Cut it. Hey, cut it. Yeah. So at a certain point in magic, you stop learning, you know, I'll always like learn tricks, but at a certain point you just learn moves and then you're just like jamming. You're just stringing moves together and having a lot of fun with, uh, just different productions, kind of making tricks up as you go. Um, which is a good, a good time. But anyway, um, uh, nope it's not that mm -mm. all right let, let me see your hands here both of them are you right or left-handed i'm left-handed left-handed yeah. all right put your left hand on top of the eight don't let go of the eight all right now whenever you want say stop okay stop right there yep all right so full deck of cards is how many cards i have no idea yeah, 52 okay all right Thank you for teaching so me it's that. a it's a one in what chance that you just landed one in, one in actually one in 50 one because I'm holding a card. Because you're holding the eight of space. So what if I could switch it with the eight that you're holding on to? Shut up, shut up, dude. Don't do me like this. Why, dude? <laughs> How? How, dude? That was insane. I didn't do anything, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna hit this. Yeah, dude, hit it, man. You can, you can hit whatever you want, dude. This is fucking awesome. Right here, we'll do it again. That fucked yeah. me up. So, yeah. Dude, it was in my hand. You wa watch the ace, right? Okay. You can push it in there. All right, now I need you to find the ace as fast as you can. Oh, bro. Right? I mean, you got to do a better job putting it out there. <laughs> oh, shit. As fast as I can? All right, all right, all right. I got it. I got it. Do I, do I pull it out? No, that's the club. That, that's... That's space. You had clubs. Did you did you eat it? Did you eat it? How? How did that happen? Under the under the vape. <laughs> Bro, this is awesome, man. Okay, we'll, we'll take is, we'll take the eight. Okay, the ace is uh, yours. Do you want a different card? Yeah, let's get a different All card. Right, we'll you, a, you know, it's been on the side. You got too yeah, excited. We'll get a different card. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, choose any other card you want. Jeremy, is this fucking you up right now? It, it is. Okay. I, I, I love right. magic. I'll stand on the side of the street in New Orleans for hours watching this. Okay, Jeremy, see that? Hold on. Got it. Okay. 
All right, we'll put it back in the deck. All right. All right, how many cards do you say are going, like, on top of your card? A lot. There's a lot, right? Yes. Like, we know it's not on the top, it's not on the bottom. All right. Can the camera see this? Or? Is everything good? All right. Wait. Oh, you're zooming out. Got you. All right. It's not on top. It's not on the bottom. Let me see the bottom. Right. Okay. All right. <laughs> bro this shit's awesome man you get, like let's keep going dude i'm i'm this is this is fantastic this is this is the content i'm i'm hyped on nice all right um so when you're doing magic uh wait do you want the four we can stay with the four okay right. sure or you can switch it if you want we'll stay with the four all right because i switch it doesn't fucking matter <laughs> so um when you're doing magic the the thing is, when it when it's in the deck, the longer it's in the deck, the harder it is to find. So I snap, and it comes to the top, right? What? Wait, the, dude, what? Well, you saw it. that, too? That's so, bull. Here, we'll push it in. Okay, okay. Right? You snap like that, and it comes to the top. How? Right? <laughs> now watch. Here, we'll take it and push it in, right? It's not on the top. Just push it in, snap, and it comes to the top. Dude, shut up. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Joe, how, do you know how to do this shit? Oh, dude, I ain't catching nothing but here. just the devil in them. Well, here, you you push it in, right? Take the four. Well, push it all the way in. Slow or hard or fast, like whatever. Okay, works. yeah. Was that good all for right. you? Shut <laughs> the fuck up. <laughs> That's for the viewers at home. That's the one that I don't get. Yeah. It's because they're all oh. oh. <laughs> Dude, this is incredible. Thank you. This is incredible, man. You're <laughs> fucking... How long did it take to get good at this? Um, I've been doing this shit since... So way too long. Way too long. You said you were about <laughs> eight. Yeah, eight. But then, like, the actual sleight of hand stuff, I didn't start taking seriously until I was, like, eight. How much practice does this type of shit take? Oh, man. Uh, quite a bit. But, I, like I said, I worked in this magic shop, and so having people to practice on and and also other magicians were coming into the shop and you pick up tricks here and there so that helps a tremendous amount it's actually because that's the hardest part is i think you get a trick and then you want to show people but actually part of doing and practicing the trick is showing people and if you don't have enough people to show or you just show a couple of your friends then it's like you know, Dude, it's got to be like go. such a high when everyone's fr like me yeah, freaking out. You got to yeah. be like, no, you got to love, love that type. Of I, I love it. It's just, <laughs> I love like kind of the the theory and and psychology behind magic and kind of breaking down that logical side so the childlike wonder side can come up oh dude i'm yeah. i'm feeling like a child you have any more give me give me a, give uh, me dude, i'm having too much fun doing this this is great all right while you do this magic trick man like if you could get a job as like or go on tour and just do like have you ever thought about doing that like yeah. manic focus like maybe like a matinee style in the early show is just magic have you yeah, ever thought about I've, that i've done like maybe two meet and greets with magic i do like i used to go to like after parties after my shows and then i'd There'd be like a deck on the table. Sometimes. Oh, and they're high on drugs. They're like, what? Yeah, but <laughs> but it's it, like in college and, and just really anywhere. If there's like a party and it's even more fun if like the deck is like got beer spilt on it 
or something like the deck is just almost ruined yeah because then you do it with that and then it's just it's like an extra level of like oh the it's our deck it has got all this beer on it and it's like a whole another level there's acid on the cars (laughs) man yeah Yeah, pick pick another one okay See, you're, you're, it's interesting. You've got a, a cool pattern of, of like, choosing. I'm trying to – what happened, Jeremy? Oh, again, both of us, I got you. Uh, yeah, I, I just – I'm trying my best to just do what you're not thinking. You got that, Jeremy? <laughs> right, yeah, I'm going to stand up. I was going to stand. Standing. Is this right? Can you still see me in the frame? He's got you on that camera. Got me. All right. So here's what we're going to do. I'll take the card. All right. All right. One last peek. Goes in the deck. And notice I'm wearing short sleeves, but it goes into my pocket. No way. You didn't see that go? It went right into my pocket. <laughs> the queen of spades, right? Yes. Was it queen of spades? Or? Oh, close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but here's the, here's the crazy thing. Watch. Okay. Queen. Okay. How? How? All right. All right. Actually, watch, I don't want to know. Watch. It's part of the fun. Right. Watch the queen. All right. Don't take your eye off it. Right. Watch. You seeing it? No, your hands over it. Right. And it's in my pocket. <laughs> All right. It's gone. Let me see your hand. Oh, you gotta do that again. <laughs> do it again. Oh, it's in my pocket. Well. <laughs> What the F? <laughs> I think of those old David Bland videos. What the F? Yeah, I'll, I'll do this one more time. Okay, okay, okay. I'll do this one more time. All right. You know where it starts. You know where it's going. All right. Put the queen here. All right. On the count of three. One, two, three. It's in my pocket. What the fuck? All right. There's nothing in my hand. All right. <laughs> oh, that ain't it. Oh, I got a back, I got a backup. Okay, okay, okay. It's got to be one of these. Hang on. <laughs> Wait, what? There you go. <laughs> Dude, if you did this back home, they'd try to give you an exorcism, dude. This <laughs> <laughs> shit, wow. <laughs> 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 shit. Yeah. Oh, man. This yeah. is awesome. This Thank is you. so great, dude. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> dude, I, I love doing magic. So. This is definitely the coolest thing that has happened on this show. Oh, wow. Honored, man. Thank you. Jeremy, tell <laughs> what do you? how do you feel about this right now? I'm mind-blown over here. I don't... I'm uncomfortable because I don't know what happened. I am completely mind fucked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I appreciate that. I don't know how it didn't work with the ladies, dude, because I'm wrecked. <laughs> you know, but uh, oh, you know, man. that's just me. That's just me <laughs> dealing with my stuff. You know. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Thank you. Wow. What other stuff? <laughs> I love talking about stuff outside of music with people, man. Outside of, outside of magic, like what are what do you like to get into? Um. I mean, the magic and music are kind of, as far as, like, skill-based hobbies, those are the two I'm, I'm most invested in. I like playing video games occasionally. What uh, you playing? Uh, I've been playing Fortnite, like, 
Fortnite no build recently. Um, good. I'm terrible at it. Uh, Tony Hawk was my game. Like I love Tony Hawk. Oh, the 64 back in the day. Uh, 64 was good. I really like Tony Hawk Underground. Yeah, I think I like two and three. But once I got Underground, and the online on that was amazing. And I just love the you could just combo forever. Yeah. And there was something very zen about like, oh, I'm just you know doing all these tricks, trying to keep it balanced. I really you skateboard at all. No, no. <laughs> so I was a big I skateboarder. Tried. We'd skate all day and then go play skate as soon as we got Ooh, back to the house. Skate, that's yeah. a good one too. A damn good one. Yeah, they're coming out with Skate Four. About fucking time. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while. It's been a while <laughs> since I've been getting some magic and. <laughs> yeah, that was impressive, dude. Like Thank I'm you. still like I don't even know where to take the rest <laughs> of this podcast. Yeah. We can talk about magic. And uh, have you heard of Darren Brown? No. Yeah, check his stuff out on Netflix. That guy is he is probably my favorite. Him and Penn and Teller, and then David Blaine. Dude, Those I, are my favorite. I hope guys. after this podcast, people seeing it, if they didn't, if your fans already didn't know about you, like I really hope one day you do like a matinee style show. Or like a tour where it's an early show, it's all magic, yeah. and you bring like local magicians and you do That'll magic. I'm doing that kind of with com, but not con. I'm doing that with comedy. Nice, you know what I mean? Hell yeah. Early and we'll be stand up comedy, and then later we'll be the dance show. But dude, a magic show, bro. Yo, we gotta do a magic comedy show, man. Oh, dude, that would be fun. It's kind of what just happened, but Hell like yeah. you know, it's just too mind blown to make jokes. Yeah, it, <laughs> like it, it's in my pants. <laughs> It's, it's 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 in my cock. You gotta suck it out, <laughs> you know, something like that. It's inside my sister. Gotta go in there again. <laughs> see, that'd be great, dude. If you'd pay tickets to see that, let us know in the YouTube comments, please. We can make this happen. But you gotta get my sister here. All right, I'm done, dude. I'm fucking. Around. <laughs> yeah, Darren Brown. On Netflix, he does some really amazing. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to transition. Back I'm sorry, into the dude. Wholesome... I make it so weird all the time, brother. I can't <laughs> no, help sorry. it. I can't help it. Yeah, but anywho, <laughs> hi, I'm a DJ doing a podcast. Yeah, dude, I'm a DJ doing my sister. So let's. Uh, <laughs> that's incredible, man. I'm just so like. Flabbergasted. Jeremy, you got to take the reins right here, dude. Do you have anything you want to ask Manning Focus, man? All right, so um, you were talking about how you DJ on an APC 40. Um, I've seen a bunch of my favorite artists do that, like Charles the First, Super Taz, Tadaka. Um, what, what's the advantages of doing it that way over uh, working with just CDJs? Because aren't you DJing strictly out of Ableton with straight MP3 and audio files and manipulating it that way, or is, it, is there more to it or less to it? I think... The beauty of Ableton DJ sets is it's really endless as far as what you can do, but having unlimited effects and being able to stem stuff out and throw extra stuff, there's a lot you can do on an, on an Ableton DJ setup that you can't do on CDJs. Now, I am transitioning into CDJ sets. I'm trying to make my set a little more friendly for that, but... On an APC, especially with a band, I can send a click and I can loop parts and I can just have so many more effects. I can be, I could do a lot more with my songs. When I first did a, I first did a CDJ tour with Liquid Stranger, I think it was 2018. Did y'all play Martin's in Jackson, Mississippi? No, 2018. Never mind. I'm thinking of a, I'm thinking of 
something else my bad we yeah we we did um it was called the hypercolor tour and martin uh is on uh cdjs for his yeah. whole set so i did my first set on that tour with ableton and then he's like no john you need to do cdjs <laughs> and so in my old ableton set i would play songs for like three minutes but i had all these effects and stuff so i could really like do stuff and then i just dumped that set onto a flash drive and i'm up there doing cdjs and i would have all of my cdjs loaded and one of them playing a three minute song and i just don't have like i'm not busy enough up there and i was like man like i really got to make these edits and like minute songs minute and a half once you get that part down for cdjs i think it's a lot of fun but when it comes to actually playing with a band or adding acapellas and, and other stuff like that i think ableton is is amazing for that but if you I, could play with the band the whole time like if you could just tour with the band full time would you do it uh, it, if I had the resource, like if I had a bus and a tour manager and, and sound guy, I think having a, a dedicated sound guy for a band it's huge. is huge. Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah, you just, just to have it dialed the same way every night. Oh bro. I used to, I used to tour in bands and you yeah. know, we'd have some, we'd play in some weird places with some really shitty sound systems and not a sound guy, just the promoter coming in and turning it up. Turning you it you down. played in like a, a metal band? Or? Oh yeah. I played in so many different bands, man. I played metal bands i played in a uh funk band like a jam band uh i played like in a 90s rock band i did a, like a country the last band i was in we were a jam we're like a jam southern soul band so like it still had like a little like kind of bluesy style to it a little bit of like twang to it but it was a jam band and dude we were fu- that band was fucking awesome and it was just at a weird point in time where everyone was going their separate ways but i was just with a group of guys where everybody was really good at their instruments and we would jam every single day and we just had fun like the songs like no lyrics just just straight jam songs they were awesome nice yeah yeah that sounds like a blast was guitar your instrument and all these bands drums yeah drums i'm I'm a drummer i don't know if you saw the drum kit out there but yeah you'll see when you walk out i've always wanted to play drums you play after this dude yeah i'd love to yeah attempt yeah i can teach Uh, you some stuff i've been a drummer since i was nine that's your main instrument Mm -hmm. i play a little bit of other stuff but drums is my main thing Have you talked to Adam Deitch yet or hung out with him? No. You, you know Adam Deitch? No. Uh, this is a drummer for Lettuce. I love Lettuce. I've yeah. seen them live many times. Uh, Deitch is, yeah, I got to introduce you. He's a beast. Fuck, dude, the, yeah. you ever listen to Talk? Yeah. Dude, they're a drummer. Yeah. It's fucking, every time I watch him, I, I like, I'm not even listening to the band or dancing. I'm just watching him. He's doing it with so much sweat. He's like dancing while he's playing, and it's like, pisses me off. Because yeah. it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Drums are one of those things that it's like, it seems like the most fun to play, but also the most difficult to practice because you need the sonic space. Mm-hmm. You need the either a soundproof space or, or neighbors who don't care. <laughs> like, or a basement. Or a basement, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Just, uh, but it seems like the most fun. I re- that was my first instrument of choice. My parents were like, yo, do you want to play an instrument? I'm like, drums. My mom was like, hell no. <laughs> See, my, my mom, my parent, my folks were super supportive, dude. I was just so ADHD. I was just running around beating on shit, just hyper as hell, just tons of energy. And then uh, my mom's friend's son was throwing away a drum kit. And so my mom brought it home for me. And I set it up in the garage. And she walked out like 10 minutes later and I'm playing a beat. She's like, what the fuck? It was just, drums were very natural to me. Like yeah. every other instrument I've had to sit down and really try and really learn, but drums were one of those things that I just like, I just had, which was fucking awesome. So, nice. but it was just like, yeah, she was like, but I was like, I want to get lessons. She said, if you're playing in a year still, 
we'll get you lessons. And I played every day for a year, and I was like, but I was ten, I was doing lessons. It was fun. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. The the trickiest thing for me, I feel like, is having all four limbs doing different things at the same time. Like I can kind of do like kick snare, and this. And you know, kick snare, uh, simple hi hat. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I start lifting up my other foot, I'm like, oh, I don't know where to go. See, my problem is just trying to look good yeah. while I'm doing it because I make faces, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, have you ever seen fucking string cheese, bro? Their drummer, they're, that dude's old you know, as hell. Michael Travis. Yeah, yeah. he's just—it's he, like he's having like a damn seizure up there. He just keeps looking around. I'm doing the same thing. I just look ridiculous every time we had a photographer taking pictures of my band. They'd always look at me and make fun of me. So my biggest problem with drums is just looking good. <laughs> while doing it you know because i mean that's really why we do this is just to look good yeah yeah just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah absolutely jeremy do you have anything else you wanted to ask him yeah so um you said you you've been working with smaller artists smaller local artists um that you believe you know have the potential to pop off in you know in the next couple of years like what what's a telltale sign for you or what resonates with you while you know discovering these new artists um to make you you know, commit to putting the time and effort in with them to see where they go. Um, is it, honestly, it's kind of just like a vibe, like hanging with them and also just seeing like where their heart is with the music and what, you know, like I feel like I love working with artists who already have an idea of what they sound like as a person, you know, what their taste is. Like their taste is kind of dialed, but they're still open-minded. They can, they're, they're capable of learning, but they're also uh, like already pretty proficient at their skills and I can learn from them. So um, yeah, I just, uh, I think that's, that's a big part I think is, is finding your own sound and being proficient at, at your own, you know, at your craft and like, like you're having your sound somewhat refined but still being open-minded enough to experiment and that try raw things. talent. Yeah, just yeah, exactly the raw the raw talent. But also the the drive is huge too. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I like to spend times with people I believe that are like in it for the long game and aren't looking to just like like oh how can I make this song right away and blow up and stuff. You know, just yeah. people who are really dedicated to just writing quality good music and timeless music that's like you know it's not necessarily chasing a trend but is taking influence from everything and you know it's just like really kind cool people it's like who i like to work with that are you know we're having fun and it's you know it's mainly about the music yeah so i've got two more questions stemming from what you just said um so you've been in the game for about 11 years now so how do you keep evolving your music with you know, the new trends that come along, the new style of um, or subgenres of electronic music that are always coming up. How do you evolve your style and sound of music to fit and stay relevant with what's new and what's in right now? And then also, like, talking about that unique sound, you know, everybody says that. And, you know, with Mitch, you can, when he plays, you know, you can definitely, I, I can tell it's like, that's a taboo song, same with Grizz, you know, so forth and so forth. So, like, what, how do you develop that unique sound? What, what? Uh, I mean, I, I guess that's the main question. Like, how how do you come up with that sound that's unique to you? So I think for me, I definitely have certain bass progressions, chord progressions that just I I love and 
You also just got the funk, though. You just got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, like, certain drum patterns. Uh, Honestly, I've always struggled with genres. Like, you know, when rhythm was a thing, I'm like, what? This sounds like dubstep. And I asked another producer, I'm like, so, like, how would you describe rhythm? And he's like, it's dubstep, basically. And, and like, all these sub-genres I've always struggled with. But I enjoy the music, so I'll listen to the music and not necessarily think of it within the genre guidelines or like oh i like what they did with this synth or i like this rhythm or i like you know this pad idea or how they chop this and i'll apply that to what i'm already doing so even though it might be you know a new trend or a new genre rather than just diving head first into it i'll kind of like sample brief ideas of like oh i like uh i like this idea or this tempo trying this kind of stuff mm-hmm. so um but yeah, I've I've always struggled with like genres, like what. Have you heard this new one that's been starting to pop off? It's a vegan vegan hybrid uh, dubstep <laughs> core breaks. No, my bad. Be- vegan hybrid dubstep breaks. Have you heard that one? It's, no, it's, it's gonna hit. Where? Yeah, it's gluten free as well. So <laughs> you're curious. That'll, that'll be huge. It's gonna be giant, dude. Yeah. Progressive, progressive vegan <laughs> dubbed hybrid <laughs> core. I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying anymore, dude. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, good questions, Jeremy. Dude, good stuff. Does that, does that answer it? Or? Say no. Yeah, no, it didn't. It didn't. <laughs> but um, I do have one final question. Are you working with any bigger artists that you know maybe have been keeping a low profile? Dude, break some news right now. That's what we do with this show. That's what we do here. Uh, mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no comment. Damn it! Yeah, your manager is <laughs> giving you a face like, eh, I don't know. No, maybe. it's just a yeah. Uh, I've said, uh, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. I, I, I had, am working with Dom from Big G. That's We've been up. working with some stuff, um, trying to get some stuff with OPO. Hell yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I love love both those guys. They're great. Next um, time you talk to Dom, be like, hey, dude, I went on this podcast. You should go on it. I'd love to have him on. I know they just oh, released an album. Oh, hell so yeah. Talk about They're that. on the road right now, but I'm sure Dom would love to, to come on. Dude, I love Big Gigantic. Shout out too. to Big G. Those so guys have good. taught me so much. Uh, I've toured with them a lot and like they've really taken me under their wing over the years and just the kindest coolest dudes really like built a huge chunk of this scene and just like the coolest dudes ever no they're the tits man i've been a fan for them for a long i've seen them live so many times yeah. man i fuck i they love throw them. down man yeah, their new do. sets are just like that album they just put out so holy, good holy crap so good yeah, yeah so you know if you want to help brother out you know oh yeah i'll, I'll definitely mention it. i'll text him after this I'm holding to that. But, yeah, we got some uh, fan questions. Uh, we got a couple I wanted to nice. get to. Yo, what's up, man? It's Trip Fox from Lubbock, Texas. What up, Trip Fox? Uh, I got a question for uh, Mr. Manic Focus. Uh, being a famous DJ and all, I always see you on TikTok, uh, a DJ doing things, as you would, <laughs> you would like to say. How how busy does it get? Because you're like, you're like DJing and making music, but then you're also like grilling like doing beach things kind of seems like it get real stressful but at the same time not stressful busy busy man anyway yeah hope you have a wonderful day once again bye this guy sounds so high (laughs) 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 he's having a good day yeah he's having a good day uh yeah i think uh these uh, DJ doing things videos have been relatively easy and, and fun to make 
And uh, as far as staying busy, uh, try to balance it as much as I can. Uh, you know, I uh, have a, like a lighter festival season than I've had like in the past. There's still some really awesome festivals. I'm really excited for Shambhala coming up. Um, but yeah, just like having time off to, to work on a ton of new music and then do these little videos here and there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, try to stay fairly busy and active. You stay str- Do you get stressed at all, like, doing this? Sometimes. You know, yeah. I, usually I get most stressed around, like, the biggest shows, like the bigger uh, festivals or headlining shows leading up to those, especially if it's a band and I'm, like, trying to, like make a seamless set that's those are really the most stressful times but that's that's gotten a lot easier over the years yeah you know like five years ago i would have been like freaking out like the (laughs) week or two weeks in advance and then now i'm just like you know maybe like the day before um you know a little bit stressed travel can be stressful too oh dude i get stressed around football season Really? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. That's when I'm dying because I I literally will do my whole travel schedule about what times the game starts. So like I'll take the first, I'll take a 3 a.m. flight out of that bitch to go watch the game. You know what I mean? I'll be stressed out. Man, are we healthy? <laughs> Who's your team? You got the Saints. Yeah. Dude, if you had to ask, yeah. my man, who that? You know what I'm saying? But I love watching. I watch any game. Like I just love the sport so fucking much. I love a lot of the players and all the different teams. So, but yeah, the torn's whatever. But as soon as football season starts, I'm stressing with like tour and football season. I'm like, all right, dude, what time's the show in? What time can I get out of there? You know what I mean? Like that's what. I, like I'm there to have a good time, but I'm also like, all right, when the show's over, I need to get the fuck home so I can watch the game. Do you watch it on on the plane at all? Uh, dude, um, I will literally make sure I do not miss a game. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not even like I've watched some games on flights but i literally if i can help it i literally will be home before games even start yeah yeah nice that's how i'll be <laughs> you like it at all you like football at all yeah i'm not i'm not huge into any sport in particular i love basketball basketball's a lot know, um but yeah, i haven't really been following sports as much i think if i got into a fantasy football league and like really dove in i would i would be more proficient in like understanding yeah, players I, and stuff. I love all, a lot of different sports. I play basketball every day. I fucking brought Jeremy with me yesterday. His ass was yeah, I sat my ass down like probably 25 minutes in. I was like, all right, I'm just here chilling and enjoying being here. <laughs> yeah, dude, he was beat, man. That's a good time, though. Yeah, that's right, a crazy workout, too. Basketball. Dude, it's the best. Like, I feel yeah. like I've gotten in such good shape doing it. I've been doing it every day for like a month. I've been playing with a bunch of teenagers over at the rec center. Just fucking, they were smoking my ass, dude. Uh, but now I've gotten a little, I've gotten better and I'm a little bigger. So, you know, I can, uh, you know, I can hold my own a little bit. Definitely ain't the best shooter, but it's, it gets better day by day. I've heard the like professional NBA games. It's like the amount of energy is the equivalent of like sprinting 12 miles. Fuck. Just I, like running, jumping and like the pushing is, is the hardest mm, part of the I played workout. for three hours the other day, full court. Whoa. And like it was great, but by the end, we're all just hands on our hips. Someone would run on the other side for a layup. We're like, "We'll meet you there, brother." Like by the end of that third, that hour three, dude, we're all everybody on the court is just hands on their hips. But we were just having so much fun, man. We just kept going. Nice, good times. Nice, yeah. So that's fun. Let's get to another one. Hey, this I hope is the last I, I hope one. I answered hey, the question right. Taboo. Hey, taboo. Manic Focus, this is Sean from Raleigh, North Carolina. I just want to call real quick and ask a little question because I'm a little confused by 
your name, Manic Focus. Man, Manic, crazy, focus, not crazy. How does that even work? Because when I'm manic, the only thing I can focus on is fucking touching myself. So if you could give me a little heads up on how to remain focused while manic, that'd be really great. Thanks. Great question. I mean, and that's like probably the most serious question asked on this show ever, yeah. and especially in this podcast. Yeah. yeah. So uh, honestly, when I first heard the name Manic Focus, uh, it was from my brother's friend. And we were trying to come up with a name for the project, and we had something focused, but we didn't know. I said Manic Focus because uh, I have bipolar one, and I had a bad, you know, I had a couple bad episodes uh, in the past. I'm medicated now, and I've been great for a while, but. Uh, but they said Manic Focus and I'm like I hate that name and I saw the logo and I was like alright oh, we can go with it and then the name for me it kind of like took on a life of its own as far as like you know when when I was Manic it's, of course it's just wild energy that's you know, unhinged and, and detached from reality but there is like I don't know there there's something about making these trying to harness that energy which is a very like powerful like up energy and just focusing it on music and initially my early manic focus tracks i would sample all sorts of different acapellas and stuff and try to kind of make a story out of songs that were radically different kind of like loose association part of a manic episode where you're making you're connecting dots that don't exist as part of like a psychosis of a manic episode but the initially the project was like oh i'll sample this hip-hop record and this pop record and like all the records individually are completely different but i sampled chunks and made it into one piece that is somewhat coherent and that was kind of manic focus originally and now it's more like you know trying to trying to just stay positive and and not you know like mental health is like a such a serious frustrating issue in in the world and um i think too a lot of a lot of media and stuff there's like a really like somber messed up tone with people who have bipolar like you know watch a tv show and it's like a character is bipolar and it's like all dark and stuff around them and i wanted to kind of i just kind of want to be a little more hopeful it's not the end of the world if you're you have a bipolar diagnosis or anything there's like good that can still come from that and there's like you can manage it with medication. You can manage it with healthy lifestyles and, and it's not the end of the world and you can make beautiful art or, you know, you can still have a very cool, fun, yeah, positive life. So I think, yeah, manic focus for me is about taking like that chaos and that crazy energy that feels very like up and alive and like kind of scattered and then focusing it into like, a laser and <laughs> just like you've yeah, done a good job with it so yeah. my stepbrother is bipolar and he's just a drunk redneck <laughs> but he's a good time <laughs> yeah, it, yeah it's it's a wild it's a crazy energy man it's uh i think that uh moving forward i think it, it's also like one of the like taboo <laughs> topics you know as far as talking about mental health and bipolar like when i was first diagnosed in 2007 it was one of those things that was like oh no it's, it's just very dark nobody talked about it i had no idea what it was prior to my first episode and then it was like you know i i don't i like to be a little more open about it because i think that's what you know 
how how do we as a society not only be more aware but just like it shouldn't be like a big deal yeah like, i'm still i'm still here talking making beats doing magic like all sorts of you know i can yeah. have a fun productive happy life and so i don't think it's really i think there's like a dark a darkness that is painted with bipolar and schizo and stuff and it's def- certainly dark at times and there are you know frustrating moments to deal with but the overall experience you know it can still be healthy and positive and and full of love and light and creativity hell so yeah that's kind of what manic focus is about yeah i feel like when i was younger dude like and Jeremy can probably attest to this, but, dude, there was no talk at all about mental health. I don't know if that's just from where we were from or yeah, just it, the time. No, but it's it, definitely taboo from where we're from. Like, yeah. You know, no pun intended. But yeah. Like, it's straight up, like, it runs in my family. Uh, you know, I've even dealt with some issues myself. And uh, when I was, it was, like, when I was 19, like, I was shit afraid to talk to anybody about it, you know, just for the fear of being judged and being like, well, damn, something's wrong with me. And, you know, I have multiple friends that I grew up with who like had the same issues and like, you know, we're from middle of nowhere, Mississippi. And so something's wrong with this, you know, you need Jesus in your life and that's it. You know, there's no medication. Hey, amen to that, brother. Amen to that, you know. (laughs) Praise (laughs) Jesus. Praise (laughs) Jesus. But yeah, no, I definitely agree. It's, it was definitely not something that was talked about. Lord, I want to thank you for my <laughs> fine-ass wife. <laughs> my, what did he say? Lord, I want to thank you today for my smoking hot wife. My two kids, Eric and Ethan. We call them little M's. <laughs> Lord, bless these drivers to race this track in your honor. Biggity, biggity, boo. Amen, dude. We watched this video earlier. It had us dying, bro. Literally, it's this guy doing a prayer at NASCAR. And he said, he's just like, you know, thank you for all the Chevrolets and the Toyotas and the fuel and our partners and thank you lord for my smoking hot wife <laughs> it's just like what that sounds like talladega nights dude that's what jeremy <laughs> said dude. Up, i was like that's a quote from ricky bobby yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was good i'll show you the video after this it's funny man <laughs> oh yeah but sick dude thank you for being here today dude, thanks so much for having now, me for real, thank you so much Hell this yeah. has been awesome i've yeah. always been a big fan i know i met you out in uh, portland over halloween last year it was the first time yeah. you had you and i had met in person yeah and i was trying my best to just play it cool you, you know, played it cool, man. I played it cool, bro. Yeah. I always played it cool. You know? Did you see the uh, ATLians, right? Yeah. Did you see their faces? Dude, I've hung out with them so many times without them wearing their mask, and I I don't know them still. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, they I always was... come and say what's up to me with their mask, but then like, I'm like, I don't know what y'all look like. They're like, dude, we've literally hung out so many times. I'm like, I didn't know it was y'all, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I saw them briefly at front of house when Martin was playing. And they had their masks on, a bunch of fans around them. And I wanted to say hi, hopefully, like, talk or something. But, like, one of them comes up to me and, you know, he asks me to give me his five. And then he, like, does one of these. He's like. Yep. And, I, you know, there was no conversation. It was Never. Just, <laughs> Never. I've even yeah. kissed them. And I still don't, you know. I've literally kissed them both. Yeah. Those guys threw the fuck down. The yeah, whole they, shit. they literally do. But yeah. it was good. I was excited to meet you that night. And I was really looking forward to sitting down with you today. Um, you, I can definitely, you know, the music's always been great, but I can just tell like you really have like a deep love for it, and I appreciate you sharing, thank you so much, sharing that here on the show today, and uh, I appreciate you, man. Yeah, likewise, man. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, anything you want to tell the people before you get out of here? Um, uh, got a track coming out with the Sponges, uh, on June, no, July twentieth. Nice. And yeah, Shambhala on the twenty fourth. And a lot of new music coming out this year. 
So love that. Thank you all so much for tuning in and yeah. Hope y'all have a wonderful rest of your day. Cool. <laughs> I appreciate you, man. Once again, appreciate you, Jeremy. And uh, I appreciate everybody listening to this week's episode of Talks. I, I fucked that up. <laughs> I did. We're not perfect. Yeah. Bye. We're human. Yeah, bye. <laughs>